Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So we are in a new series today, and it's called, What Do You Think? And I just want to welcome you all here who are live. There's a few of you that have come that are just first time back, so welcome here in person, and then also just online. We miss you and are so glad that you're joining us here online as well. And, uh, you know, what, what do you think? And, and last week we showed the video about all just the things we think about. And we think about a bunch of stuff, right? And some of our thoughts are clear and some not so. But uh, as we think about our thoughts you know, what is it what you think about it and what you believe to really be true in your life? And I find that the things that we believe to be true are the things we tend to be passionate about. Things we care about, we th- have pretty strong, distinct thoughts about, right? Would you not say? And so t- today as we start this new series, I want to see that it's important what you think. And at the same time, it's it's super important what God thinks. And as you think about your thoughts and what you think about certain topics, we're going to be looking at why do you think what you think? And are we prepped to kind of look at what we think and maybe even suspend what we're thinking for just a moment and consider, God, what do you think about this topic? So I'm excited to jump into this new series and to look at these different questions from a scriptural basis, because the Bible tells us really what God's thoughts really are. And today we're going to dive into the first question in our series, and it's this, why would Jesus die for us? Now, now some of you have really never thought that deeply about that question, perhaps, and maybe especially if you're new to church or you're not yet a Christ follower. And how would you answer this question? And you know, many in our culture would answer this question, my parents, my grandparents, or my family, or friends, or social media have influenced me. Something has, has kind of given me a thought about what I think about the topics that I'm considering. And, and that's okay, but you know what? If you know Christ and you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your God and your Savior. And Lord, you probably are, and probably are thinking, what does the Bible say? And that's really super important as we look at these types of questions. So um, as we look at this question today, you know, why would Jesus die for us? You probably, again, have formulated some answers. And I want to just invite you just to take those answers and just for a moment, for these next few minutes today in this sermon and in the next weeks to come, would you consider along with me, what does God think and what does his word say? Because we find it all right here in black and white. God gives us really his amazing thoughts. You know, see, because God is not silent or shy about what he thinks. In fact, in God's word, he says in Isaiah 55, 8, he says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
And this passage here is talking about that God has thinking that is on a whole different plane from ours. You know, God is the great creator. In the beginning, he created with a word. He was God. And by his sovereign, beautiful creation, we were created. And we're separate from him. Made by him, but distinct from him in all ways and including our thinking. And what, we, what this verse is talking about is we need to grab hold of really to realize that God's thoughts are way bigger than ours and, way, and just and are perfect and true in all his ways. The Bible talks about God's thinking as being all-knowing. And we want to know that God and the way that he thinks. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says about our God, that he says this in, in thinking, it says, uh, but the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. This verse is, is saying to us that God has some thoughts that he keeps to himself. They're secret in that secret place, but there are many, many thoughts that he reveals to us. And today, as we begin looking at this first question, we're going to see that, that God clearly revealed to us the answer to this question. Why would Jesus die for us? And we want to know what God thinks. So we're going to begin to turn to the source, the Word of God right now. And if you happen to have your Bibles, if you join me, not just in thinking about what do you think, but what does God think? And let's look at this passage from Mark chapter 9 and beginning in verse number 30. And I'll remind you that this is God's holy word. I'm going to read it through and then I'm going to step back and then just tell you what's really going on in this passage for just a moment. Mark chapter 9 verse 30. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know for he was teaching his disciples saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. Look at verse 30 again. It says, they went on from there. It's Jesus and his 12 disciples, and they passed through Galilee. They were just north of Galilee, and we remember, in Caesarea Philippi. And now when they hit the Sea of Galilee in that region, they're traveling about 75 miles down to Jerusalem, to the capital city where Jesus is going to be arrested. He's going to die on a cross. And that's a message that he keeps telling over and over to his 12 disciples. You remember that maybe last week if you were here, you saw that three times when he travels, when he's making this trip from Mark chapter 8 in about verse 22 through the end of chapter 10, three times he clearly says, guys, I'm going, we're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And I'm going to then rise on the third day. Now, don't you think that's pretty important? <laughs> it is. It's so vital what Jesus is saying. It's kind of like if you had someone you love dearly and they said, hey, I'm going to, I might die tomorrow. 
You know, I'm having to, let's just say, triple bypass surgery, and I'm not sure I'm going to make it through this. It would get our attention. And here Jesus is saying, look, not only is this going to happen, this is a reality I want you to know, and it was, Jesus actually did die, right? But why did he die? And why did he die for us? And so we're going to be looking at that question. And before, as we do, we look at those three passages that where he repeated himself throughout this journey from Galilee to, to Jerusalem. He says this three times, I'm going to suffer and die in Jerusalem. And he says it in Mark 8.31. And then he says it again in this passage, Mark 9.31. And then again in Mark 10. 32 through 34. These three times, Jesus doesn't forget. He doesn't have amnesia. He's, he knows everything. He is God. And he repeats himself over and over again because he wants to, them to know how this, this important question answer from God's perspective will change their lives and the lives of everyone around them. And so... Uh, so we see this in this passage. We're going to just look briefly with me as we look at these three occasions where he talks about his suffering and his death and resurrection. What's the same of these, about these passages and what's the difference? That's important as we begin our study of this passage. So first of all, briefly, what's the same? Number one, he clearly states three times he's going to Jerusalem to die and be raised from the dead, right? I've said it three or four times. And then secondly, what's the same? He, the disciples stay confused. Look at Mark 9.32. It says, but they, the disciples, the 12, did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to ask him. This word understand means literally, it's, a, it's an ongoing tense of a verb, and it means an ongoing issue in the disciples' thinking. They just didn't get it. Jesus tells them three times distinctly, and we see it here in this passage again. I'm going to Jerusalem to suffer, to die. Don't you realize this is the heart of my mission for the world and my mission for you? And they're probably thinking something, mostly, hey, he's a Messiah. Yes, he's, maybe even they think he's God or the Son of God. But, but he's come to deliver us from Rome's rule. They're thinking in a physical level, in a, in, a, in a way that benefits them in that way. But Jesus is saying, if you only realized why I came to die for you, you would be changed. And so here we see that uh, that's what's the same in this passage but what's different in our passage are three things. Here in, in, or in Mark 9, 30 through 32, we find that this passage is the shortest of these three occasions he talks about his suffering and death. Secondly, his suffering isn't stated explicitly in this passage. We saw it last week in Mark 8, 31 through 32. And thirdly, Jesus says here in verse 32 that he will be delivered into the hands of men. Now, what does that mean? Delivered into the hands of men. Delivered is this word that means, in essence, look it, 
I'm the one handing my life over. This is all a part of God's plan and God's work. This isn't a surprise to God the Father or to Jesus the Son. He planned it. He was delivered. He delivered. His life was delivered. And we see, secondly, into the hands of men. Now, what does this phrase mean? Being delivered into the hands of men is telling us, ultimately, as you look at other passages in the Bible that talk about this, that he would be abandoned by, by men. And by actually, not just by the people that would actually charge him, betray him, and, and, and persecute and torture him and put him on the cross. But he would be abandoned by his closest followers. The 12 whom he is walking with, he's preparing them. He's saying, in essence, in essence, ultimately, I will be abandoned even by you. And we see this, this phrase used in a way that talks about this in Mark 14, 41, in Gethsemane, where Peter, James, and John gather, and he says to them, stay awake, stay alert, because soon I'm going to be arrested and die for you. And it says here, in Jesus came the third time, something about threes, right? And said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Remember, Judas Iscariot is the one who, one of Jesus' 12, 12 disciples was one who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He delivered Jesus into the hands of these religious leaders, which would lead ultimately to his execution on the cross. And Jesus was not only betrayed again by the leaders, but by the disciples the ones closest to him, he suffered abandonment like maybe some of us have never, ever experienced. And if you've ever been abandoned, if you've ever been left behind in this way, if you've been completely betrayed or ignored by a parent or a, a family member, a friend or a trusted person in church or your business, that really leads in an Delible kind of impact, doesn't it? You know, um, I just recently taught a uh, doctorate of ministry class to some pastors and ministry leaders, and we were talking about this whole idea of relational health and what does the Bible say about that? And as I, as I, as these guys wrote these papers about their life and thinking about abandonment. What was so interesting and so consistent is every one of these leaders had experienced some degree of abandonment from someone who was near and dear to them in their life. And this is crazy. And they were really impacted by it. And, and they wrote pretty honestly about it. One of the leaders who was, a, who was a pretty large ministry leader and his dad was actually a pastor, he wrote this about what he experienced in his life. Let me read it to you. He says, And I am only now beginning to understand the depth of dysfunction within my family of origin. Both of my parents come from emotionally dysfunctional families. My mom grew up in an emotionally abusive home. My dad grew up in an emotionally absent home. So my family of origin was emotionally stunted. 
To this day, my family of origin is still unable to openly discuss and process our feelings. And I am aware of this, and I'm actively working to grow emotionally in my marriage and my family. But I don't think I fully understand the emotional impacts of my family of origin. Well, here's the crazy thing about the abandonment Christ faced. That's hard, right? That's hard as you think. But what Christ faced at his arrest and his death on a cross was not just the abandonment of those who were his far from him, but he was abandoned by those closest to him. And here's the reason why Jesus died for us. You know what? You abandoned Jesus. I abandoned Jesus because of my sin. Because of our sin, we betrayed and abandoned Jesus. We were not there physically. Oh, no, we, we couldn't do that. We're, we're, you know, here in the modern world. But because we all, every one of us, every person who has ever lived on this planet, we all struggle with sin. Every one of us have abandoned Jesus when we sin and fall into it. And we need to understand that's why Jesus died for you. You left him completely. You abandoned him. Not the person next to you or that person who you feel like, well, that person is really not so spiritual. No, you and I, every one of us, abandoned the Savior. And yet the Savior, Jesus Christ, went to the cross and did everything we needed to restore relationship with us, with, with, for us, with God. Let me explain that for just a moment more, more fully, briefly. As you look at the Word of God and you look at the story of, of what God has done for us, it's beautiful. Let me just tell you, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were created without sin. They loved and enjoyed God's perfect presence. Can you imagine what that would be like? No sin involved. What that could have been like with each other and the, the, the kind of love and intimacy they enjoyed together. You see, but there was a big problem is that Satan came along and deceived them and they fell into sin. And their sin was this. Their thoughts as the creation became, they thought, equal or greater than the thoughts of the Creator. They became thinking that my thoughts are bigger or better or more important than God's thoughts. And that was the big issue. And you know what? We do the same thing. But what was beautiful was that God, even from the beginning, said that there's going to be a plan to help you, to save you, to rescue you. And, and as you walk through the Old Testament, you see over and over again that the people of God, they were constantly struggling with God and his thoughts and his thinking. Remember the prophets would come constantly to God's people in the Old Testament and say, this is the way you need to live. You need to put away your idols and worship the Lord God, and they gave him very specific thinking from God. And yet they constantly said, no, we don't want that. 
We want our own thoughts. And so they constantly fell into this pattern of, of when they fell into unbelief, it just messed everything up. And they were constantly going through hard times and hard moments. And then we get to the New Testament, fast forward to when Jesus actually came, who was fully God. He became the perfect, the only world's perfect human. He became fully man. And Jesus came and he taught, as we've seen, that to his disciples for three and a half years, when he hit about 30 years old, he taught these disciples over and over again, I'm coming to suffer and die for you. I'm coming to suffer and die for you. And they're thinking he's going to fix our problems, our political problems, our 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 national problems, maybe some of our economic problems. But Jesus came to fix our hearts. The places where we have left God and abandoned him. And whenever we choose to, again, sin, that's what we're doing. We're stepping away from God's thinking and saying, God, look, hold down your thoughts might be great, but my thoughts are just as good. And then we elevate the importance of our thinking and we de-escalate and actually lower the thinking and the greatness of our God. And what have we done? We have fallen into the same mess that has happened from the beginning of the world. But Jesus came for you for that very reason. That's why Jesus came to die for you. Because we so easily fall into false thinking. We so easily think way too much of our own self-interest, as we saw last week, our agendas, our importance. And we miss his agenda, his thinking, his mind, his thoughts are what we really need. And so after Jesus' death, he, you know that this story, he rose from the dead on the third day and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father. He's praying for all of his people and he's promised that someday soon he will come again Thank be to God, and he's going to make everything right. All things are going to be made new, and we're going to be brought in perfect relationship. And what is it going to be like when we have perfect thoughts? We will never have all thoughts like God who is all-knowing, but we will have his perfect thoughts because our thoughts will not be any longer tainted by sin. Isn't that great? I can't wait for that day. How about you? You see, this is why Jesus had to die. It does have to do so much with this life and living life well. Last week we saw even going through huge pain. But it also has, how do you live? When you come before God, he will say to you, come my child, enter into my kingdom forever and ever. Well done. Well done. You see, 
The Bible teaches us that all who believe and trust in his perfect work that I just summarized for you all, they will, we will all enter into eternal relationship with God in our thoughts. All the, all the bad thoughts, the sinful thoughts, they will be all obliterated. And we will only rethink the thoughts of the all-knowing one, God. And we will be in perfect union with that God of glory. And that's why Jesus came to die for you and me. Isn't that good? And look, there's a hard reality is those who believe or trust in their own thoughts and don't embrace this reason why Jesus had to die. They will be eternally separated from God. And that's hard news. And that's why we want to be on mission asking the Holy Spirit, give me clarity and passion to proclaim you to others, to make your name known in a world that struggles with your thinking, Lord. You know what? We can't make an impact unless God comes and transforms us to have a confidence in him and his work, and then we can declare him and make him known to others. Then we can glorify him. Then our work and what we do can become successful. Then we and our families Though we all struggle with problems, we can have God come help us and teach us how to be different and live differently. And then when we face pain and suffering, as we saw last week, we'll know how to go through it with his power. We'll suffer, yes, but we will suffer with a Savior who is with us at all times. And this is a God who a God of great love and rescuing love. Why Jesus came to, to die for us? Well, in the, the bottom line of it all, for some reason, and you and I will never be able to understand or explain it, right? He loved us. I mean, sometimes you guys, don't you? You have a struggle even loving yourself, right? But God loved you perfectly, he died for you. He proved his relational commitment to you through what he did in history. And this is true. And this is what we want you to continue to think about is what God has done for you, the great things beginning with his death. So next week, we will be continuing our series, What Do You Think? And we'll be looking at this question. You might want to read ahead. The passage, if you want to check it out, is Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 33 through 37. And we're going to ask this question, can you follow Jesus and desire to be great? That's a good question, right? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of us struggle with that. And if you don't struggle with it, come learn about that question so you can help me and others out. And so we come together today as we think about, again, if we come to his table as well. God, 
do we realize, you know, how much, how much and the ways that we've abandoned God because of our sin. Some of you really know about that. And you, uh, God's not here to have you beat yourself up more. No, he wants you to receive his love, his saving, rescuing love to help you deal with that. But for people like me coming to church today, I was praying through this. And more and more God was showing me and showing me. And I was, as I was, I put on some instrumental music as I came and I was praying as I'm driving here early morning. And what was coming to my mind was, John, every time you fall into that approval of man, you're, you're falling into it again. You're abandoning me, and that's why I died for you. And as I thought about that, it caused me more and more to say, thank you, God, praise your name. What a great salvation I have that you would die for me. And I pray that today, if you don't know Christ, in, in, in a way that you have, maybe you've been in church, you've heard these religious thoughts. My, my prayer and ask for you is that throughout this series, you would consider Jesus and, and ask him, show him, ask him to show you how much he loves you, that he would die for you in the midst of your abandoning him. And today, if you're ready to simply say, God, I receive your rescuing love I turn from my way of life my sin and I want to welcome you you know let one of us know we'd love to help you in the journey this process of growing to flourish and know God this God who has these amazing thoughts and these beautiful plans for your life both now and forevermore but look, if you do know him, we come often to communion. And this is right and good too. So I want to just invite you. Will you just take a moment with me? As I did in my car this morning, will you ask God to say, Lord, will you show me my sin that I need to turn from that is really abandoning you? Will you show me, just show me the ways that I am abandoning you by my sin. This is why Jesus died for you. Let's go to a moment of silent reflection. Will you bow your heads with me and just ask God to work in just a few moments? Lord, Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and minds. Give us concentration and give us even the willingness and ability to repent and believe you. Let's pray together.
Lord, we confess our sins, our brokenness, our our abandonment of you that caused you to die for us. Thank you, Lord. We now receive all the benefits of forgiveness and all the benefits that you have taken your perfection, your righteousness, and you have credited. You have put it in our spiritual accounts and now we are looked We are completely worthy because of your worthiness. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.